You're listening to Guitars and Granola Bars, episode 21. Thank you so much for joining me here on Guitars and Granola Bars, Music Therapist Talk Parenthood. I'm your host, Rachel Ramback, and this podcast is for music therapists and anyone else balancing a passion-fueled career with being a parent. I'm changing things up big time for the month of June here on the podcast. In celebration of Father's Day, I'll be featuring four dads who are sharing their perspective on parenting and life as a music therapist. I hope you enjoy these episodes as much as I have. This podcast is sponsored by Music Teachers Helper, the best way to manage your private music lesson studio and or music therapy practice. I've used Music Teachers Helper every single day since 2011, and it is one of the best tools I have to keep my private practice running smoothly. Music Teachers Helper is online scheduling and billing software, which you can access from your computer, laptop, tablet, and smartphone that saves you hours every month, enables you to generate reports for taxes, and ensures you never lose track of a payment. Once you add a student, which is super easy, you can choose to automatically send students custom invoices that can be paid by credit card if you make that an option. Automatically email lesson and session reminders, late payment notifications, notes, and so much more. So many amazing features, I can't even list them all here. Every user also receives a free, easy-to-build website template to help market your studio or practice online. Ditch the costly web designer or programmers and have complete control over your website content. With dozens of professional templates available, you'll be sure to find one that best expresses your style. Whether you have 5 or 50 students, Music Teachers Helper works with studios and practices of all sizes. They offer a 30-day no-risk trial where you can test it out to discover how much time you'll be saving. If you use the link in the show notes or go to www.musicteachershelper.com podcast, you'll save 20% off your first month if you choose to sign up after the trial. In this episode, I'm chatting with Ajay Stellino. Ajay is a registered music therapist based in Auckland, New Zealand. He works as a music therapist in the fields of special education and mental health. He has a master's in music therapy from the New Zealand School of Music. He is registered with the New Zealand Music Therapy Registration Board under his real name of AJ Castellino. He also teaches guitar and runs a music studio. His latest project is sharing his music therapy songs and tips on using music therapy with kids with special needs at www.ajstellino.com. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast, Ajay. I'm so excited to have you. Yes, but it's good to be here as well, Rachel. So why don't we start with a little bit of background about yourself and how you ended up becoming a music therapist? Oh, um, so in, I used to be a mechanical engineer. No kidding. Yeah. So. And that was what your your training in school was was for originally. Yes, yeah, so I, I I went to university for four years, 
um, at the University of Auckland, and I studied mechanical engineering. Okay. Um, but while I was doing that, I wanted to become a singer-songwriter. I wanted to be the next Paul Simon. Uh-huh. And so um, I used to do that in the evenings and do engineering during the, during the day and stuff. Um, but the the more I did engineering, the more I realized, actually, I think I prefer to do music as my profession rather than engineering and swap my hobby and profession. Uh, but the more I got into performing music, the more I realized it's a lot about the person as much as the music. It was like, oh, what, what clothes are you going to wear and what's your image going to be and, you know, how many people can you get into the pub and things like that. Sure. Um, and so I got a bit, bit uh, disillusioned with all that. But then one day I suddenly heard about this thing called music therapy um, on, um, on, on the TV. And then I said, oh, what's this funny thing? And then I went to the uh, school, which was in Wellington, and they said, oh, have you got a licentiate in music? And I said, no. And they said, have you got experience in the field of special needs and stuff? I said, no. They said, well, then go away and do that and come back. Oh, no kidding. Okay. Yeah, because we, we, so we only have a master's course here. So, okay, so you were um, really starting from the ground up here. Yeah, because I mean, I've, I've been playing for many years, but I hadn't really done any exams or anything. You know, I just, I just, just played guitar. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I we can get something called a working holiday visa in New Zealand where you can go to the UK for three years, for two years and like do whatever. Okay. So I got one of those and I took a backpack and I took, took a guitar and I um, became a musician. Yeah. So I used to busk in the underground mm-hmm. in London. Um, I did that. And then in the evenings I used to um, do my exams. And then I finally got a job teaching music in a special needs school in London. And so after three years, I managed to get a licentiate and I had experience in a special needs school. So then I approached the university again and they let me get into the course. So you were super, super dedicated to pursuing this field in order to go through all of that, even before pursuing music therapy studies. It's one of those things, I guess I had seven years of doing engineering and I kind of uh, yes, yeah, just did music all the time. So I just thought, you know what, I, that this is something that I, I want to do. And also at that time, I, I wasn't with anybody and I didn't have a family. And so I thought this is the time for me to you know, okay. stay up till stay up till one o'clock in the night and do what I have to do, do what I got to do. So Well, well that was going to yeah, actually yeah. be my next question. Yeah, was, <laughs> I was going to say, if you had a family at this point, how, how did that all exactly. work? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, so which is, which was part of my decision kind of, I, look, I'm, I haven't got anybody in my life and um, if I want to do the swap, I may as well do it now. Got so, um, so what, yeah, so what I, did things look like after that? Um, after I got a family, you mean? After you, um, after you were able to enroll in the master's program. Oh yes, yeah. so I got into the master's program. Um, so it's we've got a two-year master's degree at the New Zealand School of Music. Mm-hmm. We've had that course running since two thousand and three, so it's still okay. pretty new. Um, yeah, so that was two years full time, um, and then after that finished, then I uh, yeah I got some work teaching and working in a special needs school and working in mental health, and I've been working as a music therapist for the last seven years. I also teach guitar at a school, so I do half a week of music therapy and half a week of teaching guitar. Oh, nice! And yeah. and you mentioned that music therapy was relatively new there. When you set out to find a job, was was that an easy um, 
thing to do or did you really have to search high and low and, and kind of educate about music therapy before there was a position available to you? Um, jobs don't exist in New Zealand. You create the jobs. All jobs or just music therapy jobs? I mean, sorry, music therapy okay, jobs. Okay, okay. Um, so, um, yeah, pretty much um, there's so a few jobs in a few special needs schools, but um, yeah, the rest of it, we just make, make our own jobs. Pretty, okay, pretty much. so you approached the school then with the prospect of, of creating a music therapy position for yourself. So, so the the school I managed to get a job, and luckily this is one of the it's it's a school for the blind, okay. for people with blind and low vision. So this school luckily has had a music therapy position for like the last twenty years. Oh, nice! Uh, so um, I managed to get one day there, and then once I was there for about some time, I managed to pull that up to like three days. Um, the mental health position, we pretty much have nobody working in hospitals because it's quite hard to get into. So I had to get in there as a student, and then proved myself and managed to get a job but that was a it was an uphill battle all the all through all the four years that I was there it was an uphill, uphill battle to just keep my position there and going and who I am and all that kind of stuff oh I'm sure especially in a hospital setting that had to be yeah. quite difficult yeah, yeah wow yeah. well so, good for you yeah yes that was good so how long were you working as a music therapist or at what point did you meet your wife or your partner and um how did that all unfold? Um, I happened to meet my uh, my Toby wife in about the, uh, the, f- the first week of me coming back from London. Oh, okay. So, and she was living in Auckland and I was in Wellington doing the course. Okay. Um, so I was living in Wellington for the first year and then I thought if I want to make this go, go anywhere, I'm going to have to move back to Auckland because she's based here and um, she's got her own life and stuff. And so pretty much I met her. Right from the start, um, I had the first year of doing the course where I was a poor student, and the second year where I was a poor student, still being a poor student, but uh, managed to sort of yeah, have a relationship. And then when I finished my degree at Christmas, um, I got married that Feb, when I just started working as a therapist and stuff. So you had a lot of life changes happening at once. I did, yes. Yeah, yeah. At the same wow. Time. And how long after that did you um, decide to start a family with your wife? Um, so we um, we went ahead and we were looking for houses and stuff. And then in the end, we decided just to build our own house. And so we did all of that. And then about three years, pretty much after being married, um, we, had a, uh, yeah, we had a child. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And yeah. were you were you still working in the in the jobs that you explained before at this time? Um, yes, so, so I was still working as a music therapist um, at the hospital for one day, at the um, at the school for three days, and at that point I was teaching guitar for one day of the week. Okay, and when your son was born, were you able to take time off to? help your wife or what was what was that experience like so in 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 new zealand legally uh we're only supposed to get one week of paternity leave okay and it's one week of unpaid paternity leave Mm. Um, but i I was quite lucky that my um, my school because the thing with working in schools is you only get holidays at school holidays you know what i mean sure but i was lucky that the the school gave me one week of paid leave. Oh, nice. And 
my son happened to be born at the same time as school holiday holidays, so I managed to get a month off in total. Oh, you got lucky. Yes, I was lucky. So I, I'm I, I had a month where I could be home. Oh, and I'm sure your wife was thrilled at the timing of that. Yes, yeah, with a new child, and that's not knowing what we're doing. Oh, yeah. It's quite happy. So how did you spend that month that you were on paternity leave? Um, pretty much to spend learning how to change nappies and <laughs> what does it mean when he's crying and why is he crying and yeah. uh, pretty much not sleeping and trying to burp him and walking up and down and yeah. It's kind of a full-time job in and of itself, figuring all of It that is, stuff out. it is, it Yeah. is, it is, yeah, totally. And when you went back, did, um, was your wife working at the time or how was your sort of your family arrangement? So, so my wife took leave right after my son was 10 months. Um, so she was with him at home and I used to, yeah, I, I went back to work. Um, so she was, she, she was with him at home and then I would try and take over in the evenings when I came back. Okay. Mm. Very nice. Did you feel like you had to make any changes in your career in order to fit in being a dad? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it, it's a lot about trying to only work the workers Mm-hmm. and trying to leave, I guess, spend more, spend more time as, spend as much time at home as possible. Um, see, it, it was a matter of just trying to condense all, all the work I did into the working hours and not stay, stay on longer to finish reports and things like that. Um, I used to also do a
So there'll be about 70 of us. Oh, that's it. Yeah, and there's most, most, almost all of us are working part-time within the field. Okay. Uh, there is about 20% that are older, kind of, I guess, 50, 60 plus, mm -hmm. who are the veterans who have been there for many years and have actually helped us establish the field. There and there's and, and most of the others are are like me and new graduates who are training. We have about seven to ten new graduates every year coming out, wow. and we have about an extra two or three people from overseas joining us every year. But uh, yeah, that's about it. And yeah, yeah. So, so it's 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 a growing it's a growing field. Yeah, and this it's it's growing it's growing really well, and there's a lot of potential and a lot of stuff happening in it. That's yeah. exciting. And mm, it is. for it being, you know, a, a, a smaller profession right now, do you feel like there's a pretty strong network between the existing music therapists? I think, well, I mean, most definitely, we, we all know each other. I mean, oh, there's, good. There's so few, there's so few of us. So, um, yeah, we all, we are, we, we cross paths quite often. Like, we all quite often do supervision together and things like that. Um, yeah, yeah so it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's exciting in that there's a, there's a lot of potential or untapped resources within, within say health and stuff like that. So a lot of, there's a lot of potential for for people to think outside the box and go, you know, maybe we could do that and this research and tie in with this person and that person. So it's yeah, it's 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 an exciting place to be. Right, and and even more so because you are really establishing the field there, and it hasn't, it doesn't have a whole lot of precedence. So you can kind of make make that precedent set that precedence yourself as you go. Yes, yes, yeah. We decide for ourselves. So this is what music therapy in New Zealand looks like. This is these are this is how what we follow and this is what we do. I mean, we we have we've had um we've had the music therapy association for many 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 years, mm -hmm. and we've had a we've got a registration board as well. So we've got all the normal things that we're supposed to have. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So aside from the logistical aspects of your career after your son was born. What about you as a therapist? Did you feel like you changed or evolved because you you were now a, a father? Um, yes, I think one of the the biggest changes is, um, especially since I work with special needs and in in the school setting, is is to have first hand experience of what it's like to have a child and raise a child, mm -hmm. and it's. Yeah, it kind of helps just to know rather than just meet, meeting children from like nine to five and, you know, working with them to know this is what it's like to have a child. This is what it's like to raise a child. These are the milestones that a child goes through. Uh, it gives me an idea of, of where children of different ages, what, what they do and what they should be doing. It lets me know what um, what's happening in, in children's worlds, you know, what what's the latest uh, TV serials that they're watching, what music are they listening to, what sort of interests do they have, children of different ages. It's also been interesting. I think I'm, one of my days is is as in, in, in an assessment role where I have to have, where I have somebody come in and I assess them from a music therapy context for an hour and then I, I write, write a report. And as a parent, something I find quite interesting is that sometimes all we want to know is that our child is fine. Right. However, when I'm assessing 
because I'm being paid to assess, I have a tendency to want to give suggestions and go, yes, but you could also do this, but you could also do that. And I've begun to realize that actually it's, it's, it's good enough to just say, you know what, musically, you've got no problem. Sure. You know, you're, you're doing really well as parents. I've got nothing to tell you. That's worth as much to a parent as me telling them, uh, yes, you're doing really well, but have you also considered this instrument? And have you also looked into that program? And blah, 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 blah. Um, so that change of perspective, I find, has been quite helpful in terms of being able to go, actually, this is, as a parent, this is what parents would, would prefer, and that I um, yeah, change those perspectives of how I and what I do with music therapy. Yeah, it's it's almost mm. as if you're able to put yourself in their shoes and yes. sort of be able to feel more what they're going through. Yes. Yeah, yes. And, and I really like that you touched on seeing the the overall picture of the child's life more so than just what you see within the session because yeah. I felt like I went through that same transition before becoming a parent where, you know, I, I really, of course, I knew that there was so much more to, to my client outside of that room, but you just yeah. don't know the full scope of it and you don't, you're not around those parts of, of a child's life on a daily basis. So yeah. it's just not, you don't get that full picture until you become a parent. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great point. So what are some of the biggest challenges for you when it comes to balancing your personal life and your life as a husband and as a father at home with your professional life as an MT? Um, as I spoke earlier, I think the, the career of a music therapist can be quite varied mm-hmm. with a lot of part-time jobs. And so in, in ensuring a consistent long-term income, um, as soon as there's a family involved, I think it becomes a big challenge as being a music therapist. And it's a big kind of, you know, it's, it's a new profession, which is great, but then there's what, what sort of security is there and what kind of job security is there and what's going to come and what's going to go. And so that, and also it takes a lot of time and a lot of advocacy and a lot of time goes into preparing extra talks to people and things like that to go, this is music therapy and this is what we do. And writing letters and things like that. And it's a matter of finding time to balance the needs of a young profession and a young family. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, it's finding time for both. And at some point, especially with a young family, I've got to let go of the music therapy side of things. It's, uh, there's like an obligation because it's new to kind of help the profession grow and stuff, but it's a point where I'm just going to have to let, let other people take care of that for now. And I'm just going to have to do, do my job as being a music therapist and spend time with with my young family rather than with music therapy. Yeah, and so I know I that's, that's not easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think for, for a lot of music therapists, you know, our work is never done, even outside of the clinic space. Like, no. like you mentioned, all of those other pieces of the puzzle, the advocacy and, and looking for new contracts and all of those things, we could easily yeah. spend an extra 12 hours a day working on. But when you have a family, that's really not an option. And so you really have to be disciplined in knowing when to set your work aside and go back to your family. Exactly. And how old is your son now? He's, he's just turned three. Oh, he's, so he's very young. 
Yes, yes. What are what are some of the ways that you spend time with your son? What kinds of things do you enjoy doing with him? He he likes rough and tough, so he <laughs> likes playing with me quite a bit. Uh-huh. And he loves diggers and he loves cars. So we like going to the uh, like taking his bike to the park and we go to the go to the zoo quite often. Um now one thing he enjoys quite a bit, which is quite strange, is a lot of my songs. He's my biggest fan. It's really oh. funny. But, but when we're in the car, he's like, no, no, play some more. Choo, 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 choo. I'm, like, I'm tired of hearing the songs myself. Oh, my gosh. I can so relate. That's hilarious. Um, my son calls my songs mama songs. He's He'll yeah. be two. Um, or as of this this podcast airing, he's two years old. And oh, cool. uh, when we get in the car, mama songs, mama songs. And, you know, of course, I hear these songs. I sing these songs day in and day out. So I'm exactly. sick of them. But... He loves them, so oh, how fun! Well, I guess it's it's better for them to love our music as opposed to the opposite, right? Exactly, exactly. Which yeah. is which is helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he spends time in my studio as well. He's got his own ukulele and a little mic and stuff. And so oh, cute! He wants to go up and sing with me there quite often and things like that. So that's yeah. wonderful. Well, my next question was going to be: What are some of the most fulfilling aspects of? being a dad and a music therapist, but it sounds like that's definitely one of them, being able to pass on your love of music to your son. I think that's, um, it's, it's a delicate balance though. Yes. I don't want to be one of those people who kind of go, okay, you've got to push, push music in their face. Right, right. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of just letting him, if he, if he wants to go to the studio, I'll take him to the studio. I'm not necessarily trying to, I guess, push him in that direction or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because I'm, I'm trying to not yet see that he has a chance to do everything. And when he wants to do music, I'm there to support him doing music. That's fantastic. That's a great point. Yeah. What are what are some of the other fulfilling aspects of, of being a music therapist and having a family? Oh, it's just great, great, great to see a child growing in front of my eyes, you know, and helping him, being able to help him along his journey and... Uh, grow have myself grow as well while i'm while i'm doing that help myself become become a better person in in having a child and helping take care of a child and take care of a family and do do what i can do yeah yeah oh nice yeah well we always talk about self-care and how important it is to take care of ourselves as therapists so that we can take care of others what are some of the ways that you practice self-care in your own life well, I'm quite lucky. I've got quite quite a supportive wife, so so she helps me quite a bit, and we just we, we go out quite a bit, just ourselves for dates and stuff like that, whenever whenever we can, and I can talk to her when I've got problems and stuff. So that's quite handy. Um, in terms of um, hobbies, I'm I'm one of those people. Unfortunately, music is still my hobby. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> so I have um, yeah. So music is still my hobby. So I but I do. Music is music for a hobby. So I, I have a studio that I've been developing over, over the last three years since my son has been born. So I spend time in the, in the studio doing film and TV work and um, songwriting work and things like that. It's one of those sides that, as I said, I started off as a, as a songwriter. Yeah. Um, and that was my passion. But then, yeah, I saw not, nothing much was happening in that in that field and I, I didn't like the field of being a performing new songwriter but then becoming a music therapist took a lot of time and energy 
And then after about four years of being a music therapist, I felt I was a good enough music therapist that I could then go back to becoming a musician again. Yeah. You know, they're quite different things. And so it's just been in the last couple of years that I've become a musician again. And so I'm just enjoying, yeah, doing music, not not necessarily music therapy, but just music, like music for learning yourself. about, yeah, yeah, learning learning how to play my different instruments and how to mix mix and master and use Pro Tools. And I've gone back to doing songwriting courses again, all that kind of stuff. So that's yeah, that's how I self care for myself. Well, and I not, not the not the healthiest for. A, it still is music, but you know. No, but I think probably many music therapists would answer the same way. And I know that that I have that same answer where, you know, because I have a, a job and a career as a music therapist, I am able to pr- pursue music for myself as a hobby. And it's not something where I feel pressured to do it the way that I might yes. if I was trying to do that as a career, as a singer-songwriter or something. Yes. Yeah. So do you ever feel yourself getting burnout with music and you just need to kind of step away? There's burnout in music therapy, I think, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a field which requires a lot, a lot of thinking, a lot of thinking work and a lot of focusing. And, and obviously, goals are achieved very slowly. Right. It can be like a year of the same thing and it's like, oh, we're not getting anywhere. So I think there can be times with times of burning out with music therapy, and um, yeah, that's why I said it's it's good having, you know, just having the family and sometimes just nothing. Like if I go on holiday and stuff, I I don't do music, what I, I don't play my guitar or anything. Yeah, just, yeah, I, stuff. I think those times where you are able to kind of just be away from it for for a little bit and have that recharging time. Often yes, that's yeah. that's so important to avoid that burnout because yeah it it can creep up on you pretty easily. Mm. And I've started I've started watching TV, which is good as well. Yeah, yeah. Because when I when I was an engineer, I'd be in, in doing engineering in the morning, and I'd try to do music in the evening, and so I wouldn't watch any TV. Yeah. And then when I was training. I was training all the time, so I wouldn't watch any TV. But now I watch TV. I watch CSI and stuff. So that's okay. Good. Yeah. No, that's I good. I totally agree. I love you know yeah. looking forward to having my shows that I watch. You know, on certain nights. Exactly. It's, yeah. It's a good way to flip off your brain and just kind of yes. relax. Yeah. Absolutely, I agree with you. Well, like it's 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 a normal thing to do as well. Like people around lunch tables and stuff talk about TV, and so. Yeah, you feel like you're a normal part of society. (laughs) (laughs) Rather than just being music all the time. (laughs) Exactly, yeah, yeah. Well, what kind of advice would you give to fellow music therapists maybe who are, um, who do have young families or thinking about starting a family? Um, What what advice would you give to them? Um, I'd I'd just say to um, enjoy the journey. Mm Mm-hmm. It's um, it's it's a journey. It's 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 all very natural. I was kind of thinking, oh, do I need to do this and you know do this? But you know, pretty much my son tells me what he wants to do, <laughs> and he he kind of um, he knows where he is in his developmental stages and what he needs to do next. And if I just follow his lead, I pretty much get there. And it's um, taking it one day at a time also is useful. I think. I think there's yes there's, the the. the the days can be very long. The days and the nights can be very long. Mm-hmm. And sometimes just go, I just go, okay, let's go. Today's today. Let's focus on today. And then tomorrow is tomorrow. 
Yeah. I think it just seems, seems like a very long journey sometimes, but just as long as I take it one day at a time, I just enjoy today for what it is. Uh, because they, they, they grow up so quickly as well. Before you know, he's talking and then walking and then asking questions, and it just goes on and on and on. So That's so true. That's, yeah. yeah. I love that. Nice. Do you have any music therapy-related projects or news that you'd like to share with the listeners? Um, as I said, I've, tried to, I've had to stop doing ETPP and all these kind of music therapy New Zealand things. So over the last few years, I've been thinking, okay, what else can I do with music? So I've been taking all, a lot of the songs that I've been using and I've recorded them. And so I've put them out on a CD and I'm trying to write as much as I can as of my experiences as well. So that's all sitting on my website. So oh, good. People, oh, good. Okay. Good. So if people want, want to hear some, I guess, songs that I'm using and things like that, they are, they're all there on, on, on my website. So. That's fantastic. And mm-hmm. we'll put a link to your website on the show notes so that people yeah, can go cool. straight, straight there and check them out. Yeah. And then I do have one last question for you, and that yes. is, do you have any favorite products, books, or resources related to either music therapy or parenthood that you found to be really essential in your own life? Well, two ones that I go to quite often. One is called Listen and Learn. Oh. As I told you once once in an email, there are a lot of songs of yours, like like the La 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 song. Uh-huh. And uh, there's, there's the, uh, the Rhythm Stick Waltz. Yes. Yes, things like that that we use all the time, and the kids oh, love you. Oh, that's so nice that's, to hear. You're 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 a big fan in in, in New Zealand. Oh my now. goodness, that's so cool. I love that's so my favorite. Hearing that people overseas are using and hearing and learning from my songs, so cool. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I get like random like what I've been in the middle of supervision, and somebody suddenly go, "Oh, you know that Rachel Randback person? Oh, She's got no. such lovely songs." <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> How, how do you spell your last name? It's Ramback, isn't it? Ramback, yes. That's exactly yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we've got something here called Rakau Sticks. Okay. R-A- R-A-K-A-U. Oh. So it's it's a it's a Maori instrument. We basically, it's, it's, it's a couple of sticks. So we change it to Rhythm Sticks to being Rakau Sticks. Oh, and are they basically sticks. the same thing as Rhythm Sticks? They're just a different name? They're just sticks, yeah. They're okay, sticks, yeah. okay. Cool. But you use them to... To, to play the sort of indi- indigenous Maori songs, and we've got yeah, songs in the local language that we use them with. So I just did that your song, but used used as a, as a rock house text. Maybe I'll have to to record a special version for those. <laughs> you may have to. Yeah, yeah I yeah. like that. Cool. Any other resources? Um, and I found is it um, songs for teaching is pretty good as well. Mm, love songs for teaching. Yeah. They've got heaps of stuff that they keep adding up all the time there. So it's a, it's a good resource. Yeah. They've got a special needs section, haven't they, in there? Yeah, yeah. Love. Yeah, yeah. That was actually one of the first um, online resources that I discovered when I was in my internship and I was looking for songs. And this was before I oh, really yeah. started writing yeah. my own. Yeah, and I came across yep. yeah, yeah. songs for teaching. And, and it was a real wealth of material for me for a long time. And I still go back there. Yeah, yeah, because there's, there's there's not a lot of stuff, is there, in in um, in music therapy and special needs. I mean, you're no. the person leading, you're the person leading the way with it. So, <laughs> well, and that's why the... I started doing what I do because I found yeah. that it was just easier to write my own songs as opposed to spending all this time doing like Google searches and coming up empty-handed. Exactly, there's nothing there, and, and most of the songs made for mainstream kids are, are too fast and right. too, exactly. too complicated, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. we work with. Yeah. That's so true. 
Well, anything else yeah. you'd like to share before we wrap up the show? No, that would it was lovely talking to you. Yeah, and was, you've got what, you've you've got a couple of weeks, haven't you? I do. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, so I'm actually, almost there. We're recording on um my during my 37th week, so it could really oh, be no, any time. No. So I'm glad we got this interview in, and and by the time it airs, I will have a new baby. So you will. How yes, exciting! It is very exciting. A little scary to go from one to two, but but I'm excited. I'm sure you'll do fine. Well, thank you so much, Ajay, for joining me. And um, I'm sure that the, the listeners will enjoy this perspective from not only overseas, but also um, from the perspective of a music therapy father. So thank you so much. Cool. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to send Ajay a message, you can contact him via his website, ajstellino.com Would you like to be a guest on the show? Let me know. Get in touch and find the show notes for this episode at guitarsandgranolabars.com And if you feel so inclined, please leave a review on iTunes. I'll talk to you again next week.